your Bible or your electronic device lifted above your head and somebody shout, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer and not just a hearer. And my life, again, and my life, one more time, and my life is the better after hearing, obeying, and applying a word from the Lord. Book of Deuteronomy Chapter verse, chapter uh, number 32, going to start at verses number 48. The Bible declares, on that same day the Lord told Moses, go up into the Abiram range to Mount Nebo in Moab, across from Jericho, and view Canaan. I want you to see the land, the land I am giving to the Israelites as their own possession. 50 declares, they're on the mountain that you have climbed, you will, you will die and be gathered to your people just as your brother Aaron died on Mount Hor and was gathered to his people. 51 says, this is because both of you broke faith with me in the presence of the Israelites at the waters of Meribah, Kadesh, in the desert of Zin, because you did not uphold my holiness among the Israelites. Therefore, you will see the land only from a distance. You will not enter the land I am giving to the people of Israel. Look at chapter 34, verses 1. 32 were the instructions. 34, Moses is playing it out. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho. There the Lord showed him. He showed him. He got a chance to see the whole land. Verses 4 declares, then the Lord said to him, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. Five declares, and Moses, everybody shout, the servant of the Lord. The Bible declares, and Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. Father, now in Jesus' name, thank you for just the wisdom and instruction that you've given me. I'm asking you, Lord God, to clearly communicate through this vessel of clay only the words that you desire to speak. So let the words of my mouth, the very meditations of my heart, let them be acceptable in your sight. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, so I'm looking at this particular text and I'm kind of tripping just a little bit. I'm, I'm tripping. From a natural humanistic perspective, it seems kind of harsh what God is doing to Moses because let's, let's kind of recap First of all, this was not Moses' idea. Moses didn't come to God and say, God, you know what? I want to help you out and lead your people out of bondage into, into a good land. But, but the burning bush was God's idea. He got Moses' attention. And after getting Moses' attention, he used every excuse in the book to get out of it. He said, I can't speak well. He says, who am I? I'm slow of speech. And then he finally said, God, you know what? Just get somebody else. But it was God that was being persistent, that was saying, you know what, uh-uh, I said you and I mean you. And even in this congregation right now, some of y'all trying to get out of the assignment of the Lord, and God said, I chose you and I meant you. So, so, Moses, this was not his idea. And then, I think it's a little harsh, I think, it's, I think it is, y'all pray for me, I think it's a little unfair because of the type of people that Moses had to deal with. Man, it was a trip 
that these boys, they couldn't see nothing right that the man of God did. And I want to highlight just a couple of thoughts. In the book of Exodus, chapter number 5, verse number 20, this is after Moses first goes to Pharaoh and he says, God says, let my people go. And Pharaoh retorts and he says, you know what, y'all trying to, y'all lazy, you trying to get out of work, y'all get your own straw. I'm going to make it harder on you. So the people come back to Moses in Exodus 5 and 20. As they left Pharaoh's court, they confronted Moses and Aaron who were waiting outside for them. The foreman said to them, may the Lord judge and punish you for making us stink before Pharaoh and his officials. You have put a sword in their hands. Hmm. And an excuse to kill us. But God makes a way and he gets them out of Egypt. And after getting them out of Egypt, we get to chapter number 14, verses number 11, and this is their sentiment. They said to Moses, what is it? Because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done, Moses, what have you done to us, man, by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert? But guess what, y'all? God got them out of there, too. Only to face the next situation, Exodus 15, 23. When they came tomorrow, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? But God provided water for them, only for them to be confronted with the next situation, Exodus 16, 2. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites says to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, there we sat around pots of meat. And ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. And God provided food only for them to get to Exodus 17 and 2. And the Bible declares, so they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst. But God answered again, only for them to get in the next situation, and this is their response. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land, only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. So every time they come with the complaint, with the grumble, um, Moses falls on his face and he goes to God and God gives him an answer. But when we get to Numbers chapter number 14, God is like, it is enough. I want to show you God's response. God finally speaks up concerning the people in Numbers 14:10. He says, then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the Israelites. The Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I have performed among them? I will strike them down with the plague and destroy them, but I will make you into a nation greater and stronger than they. Now, let's put this in context what God is offering Moses. God says, what I did with Abraham, I'm getting ready to do with you. I'm going to start from scratch. All the folks that's complaining, I'm going to kill them dead. And with your seed, I'm going to start a brand new nation. Jeff clapping. Now, 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 y'all follow me just for a second. I, I want to go back. I want to go back. 
Um, because if I'm Moses, I'm at least thinking about this. <laughs> real, real talk. If I'm Moses, I'm at least considering it. Let's, let's, let's go back. Um, I want to go to... I want to go to Exodus 5 and 20. Um, they confronted Moses and Aaron. May the Lord judge and punish you. Exodus 14 and 11. You brought us to this desert to die. What have you done to us? Exodus 15, 24. The people grumble. Exodus 16, 2. The community, the whole community grumbled against Moses. You have brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly. Exodus 17, 2a, they quarreled with Moses. They grumbled against Moses. Why did you bring us up out of Egypt? Numbers 4 and 3, we should choose us another leader. And now, Numbers 14, 12, God says, I'm going to kill them all. Now, real talk, how many of y'all are running around the building like, yes, Lord, let your will be done. Let your will be done. God has spoken. So I'm, I'm kind of tripping because this is Moses' response. Numbers 14, 15. Moses says, if you put all these people to death, leaving none alive, the nations who have heard this report about you will say, the Lord was not able to bring these people into the land. He promised them on oath. So he slaughtered them in the wilderness. Look at 19. In accordance with your great love, Moses says... Forgive the sin of these people, just as you have pardoned them from the time they left Egypt until now. The Lord replied, all right, I'll forgive them. I'm, I'm just kind of thinking about this because what does it take to be this type of man to receive all of this complaint, these grumblings, this dissatisfaction, and still, watch this, Mm, not only continue to lead the people, but pray and intercede on their behalf. Knowing certain judgment is getting ready to befall them, but he stands up and says, no, Lord, leave them alone. Please forgive them. What, what does it take? So I'm, I'm thinking about this because, shucks, I experienced this. I experienced this as a, as a pastor sometimes. I experienced this, um, I experienced this as, a, as a father sometimes. I experienced this is a husband sometime. That's why I'm coming to the conference this weekend, and y'all need to come too. Um, I'm looking at what I do, and I'm looking at the level of appreciation that I get from what I'm doing, and they don't always match. And there are times when you help people and after helping people, they don't actually see what you do. They just see what you didn't do yet. So first of all, how, how do you continue to, 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 to keep your focus? There's two things that I have. Here's the first thing. Number one, what you do has to be for them, but about him. It's for them, it's for, it's for my children, it's for my wife, it's for my church, it's for my community because they're the beneficiary of my actions. But at the end of the day, what I'm doing, it ain't, it's, it's for you, but it's really about him. The problem with some of you all, and you, some of y'all in a unique situation where you're really, trying, you, you, you're really tempted to quit and give up on things that God has blessed you with because it's both for them and about them. And appreciation is motivation. 
And when it's for them and about them, and you don't receive the motivation of appreciation, it's easy for you to say, I'm done with this. But I want to challenge some of you guys to just switch it. I know it's good right now, and I know you're getting the appreciation and accolades right now, but how many know it's some darker days coming? When we first got married, I never thought she'd be that crazy. That girl said, I do, and I got you. <laughs> I never thought raising children would be so heartbreaking. What's, 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 what's keeping you, Pastor? It is for them, but at the end of the day, it, it is about him. Because if it was just about them, I would have left a long time ago. Wouldn't be here today. So what you do has to be, everybody shout for them, about him. That's the first thing. Here's the, here's the second thing. I mean, if you're really going to stay consistent in the midst of all the craziness that's going on in your life, in this season, you got to stay in the face of God. You're going to have to stay in God's face. I, I want to I show you this in Exodus 5.22. I'm, I'm just going to run through this. Exodus 5.22. Uh, then Moses turned to the Lord, Exodus 14.15. Then the Lord said to Moses, Exodus 15.25. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him, 16.4. Then the Lord said to Moses, 17.4. Then Moses cried out to the Lord. Moses stayed in the Lord's face, and some of you all ain't in his face enough. Some of y'all, it ain't that you ain't praying. You ain't praying. You're not praying enough. For the level of attack that you're going through right now, the level of disappointment that you're experiencing right now, you ain't talking to the Lord enough. Moses was able to stand, and out of all of those critiques, out of all of those grumbles, out of all of those complaints, he continued to encourage them. He continued to provide solutions for them. Why? Because he kept going to God and asking God, God, help me with the people that you have called me to lead. He stayed in God's face, but I want to throw something out there at you because um, talking to God about your problem oftentimes is not enough. There are times when you don't need to talk to God about your problems, although you're having problems right now. There are times you need to talk to God just about you. Because what you're faced with and what's challenging you really ain't the real challenge. How many of y'all know what it's like to go through something in one phase of your life where you're kind of spiritually connected, mentally you're good, and then you go through the same thing at a different space in your life and you handle it totally different because mentally, spiritually, you're just unhealthy right now. If it was another day, I'd been able to take this attack, but because what I'm going through right now, my God, today, I don't just need to talk to God about this problem. I need to talk to God about me as well. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's still a little crazy in me. Ooh, y'all said that with boldness. And watch this. I'm going to take y'all word forward. I'm getting back on the stage. That's why I don't be pushing for. I don't be pushing for. Sometimes we be in restaurants, and I be getting on to my wife. We be in a restaurant, my wife be like, this, this salad ain't right. It just ain't right. I didn't want American cheese. I, I wanted the crumbles on it. Can you, can you just fix this? I'm like, baby, please just stop. Stop. Let them bring out my food first and let them spit in your food. Don't, don't, don't do that to me. Don't push them because, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, sometimes folk crazy. And you know they crazy because it's a little crazy in you. Can I get a witness in this place? 
You know what you would do if they really push you and just reflect that on somebody else. Hmm? Yeah, man. So, 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 attack after attack after attack, Exodus 5, 14, 16, 17, numbers, attack after attack. Moses continues, continues to handle them because he's in a healthy place. Something switches when he gets to number chapter number 20, and he makes a decision that, 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 he, that he suffers for for the rest of his life. And, and I believe, oh God, thank you. I believe that God has me here because he's trying to help us not duplicate what this man of God did. He's trying to help us not to fall in the same pit that Moses. But yes, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm launching you out into new things. There, there, there are some arenas that you've never uh, uh, challenged or never tackled before, and it's going to be an extreme blessing. But by the same token, watch this, new levels mean new devils. And if this is a new devil, then God says, I want to prepare you for the, the, the real attack of the enemy. And, and this, this is what happens. Let, let's, look at the, let's look at the story when he actually fails. And let's see if we, can, if we can come up with a solution of what actually went on in Moses' life. The scripture declares, my God, today, Psalms 106, 32, 33, this, is, this speaks of what's going on in Numbers chapter number 20, verses number 3. The Bible declares, they angered him at the waters of Mariah, uh, Meribah. And it went ill with Moses on their account, for they made his spirit bitter, and he spoke rashly with his lips. I'm trying to figure out why my man got a bitter spirit in Numbers 20 when he didn't have one in Exodus 5, 14, 16, 17. What's different about the situation in Moses' life that causes him to strike out against the people when he's never done that before? And I'm helping somebody here today because there's somebody you have recently struck out. Come on, somebody. Over the same situation that you have mastered in the past, I want to know, God, what's the difference because I don't want to fall into this trap. Numbers chapter number 20, verse number 3, the Bible declares, they quarreled. Everybody shout, that ain't new. That ain't new. They quarreled. They fussed. That, that's what they do. That's what they did. They quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. That ain't new. Why did you bring the Lord's community in the wilderness that we and our livestock should, should, should die here? That ain't new. Look at verse number 6. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting. That ain't new because they complain. And what does, what does Moses do when the people complain? He goes on, fall on his face and seeks a word from the Lord. That ain't new. Look at verse number 8. God speaks to him, take the staff. And you and your brother, Aaron, gather the assembly together, speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community. Help me, Lord. So they and their livestock can drink. Hey, that's, that's not new either. That's, that's not new. The people grumble. Moses pray. God speaks to him. Um, all of this is, is the same. It's routine. Look, look at verse number 10. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels. Hold on, that's new right there. Hold on. We know, we've never heard my man talk like that before. Matter of fact, usually he don't, ever, he don't even say nothing to them. He's always talking to God. If you ever come out of the presence of God and you're still mad, you need to go back. <laughs> I'm helping somebody. You, your, your spirit is messed up, and you go into the, in your prayer closet, and you pray, and you come out the same. 
Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to go back in there. He came, Jeff, he came out of the presence of the Lord. Talking about, look here, rebels. Listen, you rebels. Must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice. This is new, too, because this is not what God told him to do. This is the first time where God gives him specific instructions of what to do, and he does the opposite of what it is. This is new, too. He, he takes the staff and he strikes the rock twice. Hmm. Water comes out of the rock, but God is displeased. We see it in Numbers 20 and 12. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. I, I see what you're saying, Pastor. I, okay, he prayed. They grumbled. Uh, he prayed. God speaks. What? what What's different about Numbers 20 and all the other passages where the people grumble? I'm going to show you what's different. It's in verses number one. Verses number one, the Bible declares, in the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin, and they stayed at Kadesh. There, Miriam died and was buried. Two, now there was no water for the community, and the people gathered in opposition. Two is not new. One is Moses is grieving. He's grieving. He, he's hurt. You, you, you remember the story? I believe it's chapter number two when Moses' parents put uh, him in the river to float him down to Pharaoh's daughter. And it was this little girl that was running to make sure that the ark gets to. That was Miriam. M M Miriam was the type of sister when you have a great victory, she's like the first person you call because you know she's going to celebrate with you. It's a whole song in the scripture in Exodus that Miriam writes because, because she's celebrating the fact that her little bruh brought the children of Israel out of Egypt on the other side and drowned Pharaoh. She is A whole song is written because she is celebrating. She is the girl that he calls and says, girl, you ain't going to believe what God did this time. Miriam, when God got mad at Miriam and struck her with leprosy, Moses held her. He, Moses said, hold, hold, hold on, God. Hold on. Hold. Stop. Stop. I need you to heal my big sister. Before we move on to the next scene, God, I need you to do this. And watch that. God, God heals Miriam, not because of her, but because of Moses' intercession. Moses loved Miriam. Miriam is dead. And they could still complaining. So it ain't just complaining, it's complaint on top of. It's complaint on top of a broken heart, an aching heart. And that's why some of you all are acting out the way that you are right now. It's not just the old complaint, it's not just the old problem, but it's, watch this, it's the external problem resting on the internal problem. So, so what, what, what can, I, what can I do differently? Because, Bell, the reality is life happens. It, it happens. People betray you. People die. People leave you. Harsh situations happen. My wife and I, we went to Hattiesburg last week, visited my son's grave, uh, uh, Robert Nathaniel, and that, that, was, that was my first eulogy, my own boy. My first, my first eulogy was my own my own son. Life, life happens. 2017, I'm praying and fasting that my sister live, and she, she, she dies. My heart is, is broken. But life 
goes on because people are still bringing problems. People are still complaining. Situations are still occurring. I'll never forget this one girl. She went off on me. She went slap off on me. Pastor, I can't believe that you were there. You weren't there. You knew my son did this and my son did that, and you ain't show up for me. And I, I just paused. I paused. Usually I don't act out of character like this, but I said, hold on. Did you know at the same time my sister died? Yeah, I knew. The question is, did you call your pastor? Get on up out of my face. I ain't say that. I wanted to, though. <laughs> I sure wanted to. So I asked God, what's the answer? I got two answers. I got two answers. I got two answers. The first one is you got to connect. Everybody shout connect. This is what made it so tough for Moses in this season because he had no community. He was leading a community, but he himself had no community. Come on, real talk. The folk that were around him where his head could, could rest safely. Miriam was that person, but she, she died. His brother Aaron could have been that person, but he was grieving as well. His father-in-law did come visit him, give him some words of wisdom, but he went on by himself. Uh, there is speculation that Moses is actually divorced because we don't see and hear a lot um, of his wife. And matter of fact, the last thing that we do hear about uh, 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 sister, sister Moses, she went off on her husband. She said, you bloody husband. It's in the text. So he has no community. He has no connection. What, what's the value of connection? The Bible declares in the book of 1 John that if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. But James 5 declares if you confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you might experience healing. Come on, somebody. You talk to God when you want your sins forgiven. You talk to his people when you want to be healed on the inside. And the enemy is keeping many of you all right now in isolation and you are driving yourself crazy because you have nobody that you are connected to. You are not meant to do life by yourself, so why are you trying to? This is hard for Moses because he has no community. He has nobody that he can talk to. He has nobody that, that, that he can lay his thoughts down safely to say, this is the real Moses that, that sometimes they, they cussing, but I want to cuss too. They going off, but I want to go off too. They complaining, but I want to complain as well. Has nobody. And here is the challenge to the people of God. God says it's time for you to connect. And some for, you, uh, for some of you all, it's time for you to reconnect. The devil is absolutely a liar because there's some of you all who are using church hurt as a catalyst for you to do your own thing. And the reality is, I don't care what organization you go, you're going to be disappointed because people are there. They hurt you on your job, but you ain't quit your job. They hurt you in your family, but you keep showing up to family reunion. Your teacher hurt you, but you're still showing up at school. Why is it the only place that you walk away from when you hurt is the house of God? I I'll tell you why, because the devil is deceiving you because he knows that connection is a place of strength. The house of God is a place for us to be encouraged and built up in the things of God. Can somebody say amen? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you got to connect. You got to connect. You got to connect. Here you are, heartbroken, going through tragedy with your spouse, with your children, with your income, with your job, and you trying to handle it by yourself. Watch this. If prayer could have saved Moses, he would have been saved. Oh my God, I'm going to get in trouble in this place. I'm going to say it again. If prayer alone could have saved Moses, he would have never made the mistake. He didn't have a problem talking to God. He had a problem not being able to talk to nobody else. 
There's nobody in this community that the man of God could talk to. I'm trying to help somebody in this place because God speaks to me and he says that I'm sending you on a Moses journey. Well, I ain't, I ain't tripping about that because Moses was a great patriarch. Moses was a pace setter. He did some things that nobody had ever done before. I'm good with that, but the problem is Moses didn't make it in. So if you're going to cause me to be a pace setter, please don't allow me to fall in the same trap that the man of God. What is it, Lord, that I need to do different? Do I need to avoid heartbreak? Do I need to avoid people dying in my life? No, your heart is going to be broken. People are going to die, but at the end of the day, who are you connected with that can hold you up in this season? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you got to connect. You got to connect. You got to connect. You got to let down your little guards and you got to let somebody in because you don't understand the same Holy Ghost that lives in you lives in somebody else. And there are times when God wants to minister to you directly. There's words he wants to say to you directly from heaven. But then there are times when God says, I don't want to speak from heaven. I want to speak through your sister and through your brother. But if your guards are up, then you are missing a vital portion of the voice of God because you're saying, God, I'm not going to listen to you if you talk through somebody else. I'm only going to listen to you if you're speaking from heaven. But what if he says, I ain't talking from heaven in this season? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, humble yourself and let somebody in. You better humble yourself and you better let somebody in. Yeah, and let me talk to you brothers for a second because you brothers, I love y'all. I love y'all, but too many of y'all are in cave. And Elijah, you are dying in cave. When God said, you're like, I'm the only one going through this. No, God says, I got 7,000 prophets that have not bowed their knee to Baal. You are not the only one suffering in this particular area. There's somebody that's going through what you're going through and have come out on the other side. They have the t-shirt and ready to impart the wisdom. If you will come out of the cave and listen to them. What was God's answer for the prophet Elijah going through his situation? He says, go find you, Elijah. Go anoint the next king of Judah. Go anoint the next king of Israel. You know why? Because these are partners. These are accountability partners that's going to help you through this journey. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to connect. And I'm telling you today, let me be more specific. You need to connect to the house of God. Look, let me just, I love y'all, I love y'all, I love y'all, I love y'all. But some of y'all need to stop dating me and you need to marry Stop dating the church and marry. Stop dating the church and marry. You, you, you know how it is. Some, some of y'all, y'all ain't dating. Some of y'all in here shacking. You getting all the benefits of marrying. You getting all the benefits of a marriage with no commitment. I get all the benefits. <laughs> I get all the blessings, but at the end of the day, if it don't go exactly how I, I didn't say I do in the first place. What kind of relationship is that? That we can have all of the benefits of a committed, intimate relationship, but at the end of the day, if you really don't like what I do or what somebody else does, then you can exit with no strings attached. Everybody shout, that ain't God. That ain't God. It's time for the house of God to connect. 
Because there's strength in the connections. There's support in the connections. There are things that God does in your spirit that don't even hit your mind yet, and it's all in the connections. Accountability is in the connections. The one thing Moses did not have, he had a prayer life. The man went on a 40-day fast with nothing. Brothers, we were tripping about 12 hours. 40 days. By the way, no food or water. One of the miraculous fasts that's listed in the Bible. Some of y'all are like, I got, I'm, I'm going to do the Daniel, I'm going to do oatmeal or something. <laughs> 40 days without anything. Are y'all with me in this place? The man had a prayer life. The man, the man fasted. The man meditated. Did, did, hold on. Watch this. Watch this. Jeff, did, did he study the word? No, he wrote it. Did, 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 he, did, he, did he read his Bible? How about he wrote it? <laughs> All of the disciplines that you kind of check off, you, you know, somebody comes in my office, they be like, Pastor, I'm going through a man, I feel like I'm not really connected to God, and I'm having this dialogue, and I'm having this conversation, I'm highlighting these things. Are, are they fasting? Are they praying? Are they studying the Word? I'm doing that, I'm doing that, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. But you have no connections in a Christian community. And one of the ways God speaks to you is through us. Let me move on. So, the Bible declares, Numbers chapter number 12, verses number 12, but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me. As holy in the sight of the Israelites. You will not bring this community into the land I am giving them. Here's the question. What do you do with things you can't undo? What do you do with the things that you cannot undo? What, what do you do when God forgives you of the sins, but he doesn't cancel the consequences? So I'm no longer holding you guilty because of what you did, but the consequences of the sins, I ain't going to touch them. I'm going to let them ride. Moses began to beg the Lord in Deuteronomy chapter number 3, verse number 23. Bible declares, at that time, I, Moses, pleaded with the Lord. That's what I said. Sovereign Lord, you have begun to show your servant, your greatness, and your strong hand. God help me. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do the deeds and mighty works you do? Look at 25. God, let, let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, that fine hill country in Lebanon. Y'all come here for a second. Listen, listen, listen. Here's, if I'm Moses, I'm thinking this God because, you know, God real... We'll talk. I, I, I ain't asked you to do this. I ain't, I ain't asked you. You appeared to me in a burning bush. I was, I was minding my own business. I had it going on. Had a wife. Had two kids. Condo on the desert. Man, it was, I was in, he was in Dubai, y'all. My man had his own Dubai. I'm chilling. You approached me about leading these people. I left Egypt. You telling me to go back to Nagaport? The devil is a, I ain't going back. 
because you want me to go back there, and then when I get there, I can't do nothing right. I can't do nothing right. Everything I do, they complain. They don't believe in me. They don't trust me. They talking about replacing me. I'm, and then on top of that, Lord, my sister died. You saw my sister die. I'm feeling bad. And they still complaining. I know I struck out. I know I did what was wrong. But can you, can you not only forgive me for what I did, can, can you reverse the consequence of my sin? So he prayed the prayer, and he says, 25, put it on the screen again. Uh, l- let me reverse this thing, Lord. Everybody shout, reverse this thing, Lord. <laughs> Don't raise your hand, but I want to know how many of y'all have ever prayed that, that prayer. Just think for a second. Like, like it really is, this, this one is on me. reverse this thing. I know you said that I can't go over, but, but I'm asking you, let 25, let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, that fine hill country of Lebanon. This is what God says, Deuteronomy 3:26. God says, that is enough. Do not speak to me anymore about this matter. God says, don't you pray about this again. Don't you come up in this tent and say nothing about Canaan ever again for the rest of your life. Because I said what I said. I meant what God sound like my mama. (laughs) Said what I said, meant what I meant. So, 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 so real talk. I, I believe, I believe I believe God had me to minister this message primarily for this last point that I want to make. I'm, I'm good, chat. Here, here it is. Here it is. There is a temptation to diminish on your commitment to God when you don't get what you want from him. Let me come a little bit closer. <laughs> There's a temptation because we are people of faith. I mean, you, you don't, don't that little Bible you read out of us say, seek, you shall find, knock. It's going to be open, asking, what now? That's what the word says. I sought, I knocked, and I asked. And it still looked like the answer is, I'm tripping. Oh, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. That, that's right. Some, the scripture said some things only come by fasting and So I'm, I don't really, you know, I love me some food. But I'm willing to try this little fasting thing if it'll get God to be a genie and give me what I want. So, God, I need you to do this by the third. And I'm fasting on the first. Now I'm going to ask my friend to fast the first through the third. <laughs> How many of y'all have jokers ask y'all to pray, but they ain't even praying for themselves? I need you to pray for me. You ain't even praying for yourself. And I went on the fast 
The third came and went, and I still didn't get it. Some of you all are in this Moses dilemma right now, deciding whether you're going to really serve God. Some of y'all have a passive-aggressive relationship with the Lord. You hadn't really talked to him about it, but there's certain things you intentionally do not do for him because he didn't do for you. It's in this house right now. Right now. You could be a little bit more committed, a little bit more faithful, a little bit more dedicated. Your dedication have waned concerning the things of God because you feel as though God's dedication to you has waned as well. So what do, what do you do? Well, let, let's, let's, let's look at a couple of examples of folk who prayed for stuff that they didn't get. Let's, 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 let's look. I, first of all, I want to call up, um, I, I want to call up, let's see, let's see who I want to call first. Who I want to call first. Uh, let, let's call my man Job. My man Job prayed every day for his kids. Every day. Didn't miss a day. Scripture teaches that he's like one of the most faithful men in the whole earth. Prayed every day. And the enemy comes to God, and in essence, let, let me read it, let me read it, let me read it. Job, Job 19, excuse me, Job 1 and 9, Satan answered the Lord, does Job fear God for no reason? In essence, he's saying the only reason Job serves you is because you're good to him. That's it. Here's my question. In your moments of faithfulness, was it only faithfulness because you felt faithfulness from God? Were you only serving him because God was giving you what you wanted? And is it because he didn't give you exactly what you wanted this time? Is is that why your service is not what it it should be right now? That's what the devil accused Job of. He says, Job ain't really serving you because he loves you and he committed. He's only doing it because you got this protective hedge around him. You've been good to him and you've been keeping him. So this is what the devil says. The devil says, the devil says, uh, but stretch out, verse number 11, but stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. The same one that's saying, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, God be the glory. The same one that's singing, that's shouting, that's praising. If you allow trouble, if you allow a situation not to transpire like he won't, he gone. So the enemy comes down and he touches Job's baby. He touches his possessions, his money, everything. What is Job, what, what, what's Job's response? Job says, Job says, 120, then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and he worshiped. He didn't stay at home. He didn't say I ain't coming to church. He said, I'm sleeping in. No, I ain't. No, 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 no. The Bible declares he, he worshiped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. You know what? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Holding my son's casket this, this wide, this, this tall. Holding, standing in a, watch this, over a grave that me and my cousin dug. The, the, the church, they, they donated a site. My wife and I, we were broke, didn't have no money. We, we, they said, we will donate you a spot. Me and my cousin, we went out the day before and we dug the hole. And I'm holding it. 
And this scripture comes to mind, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. I will curse you. I will choose to stop preaching. I won't choose it because there was a temptation. You ought to stop teaching about faith because here it is you teach in faith but God didn't give you what you wanted. But you know what God? You gave. You took away but blessed be the name of the Lord. Will not wane in my commitment simply because I didn't get what I Who's the next witness? Let's call up the three Hebrew boys. Three Hebrew boys, they, they, they make a decree, they make a, a, a declaration that at a certain sound that, that, that everything has to bow down and, and you have to worship this particular image. These three Hebrew boys make it up in their mind, look, look we can't do that. We know the true and the living God. Look, look at you. you, you know God been good to you. you. You know God is real. You know, you know. You, you can't explain everything in the Bible. You can't explain everything that's happened and transpired in your life, but you know God is real. And these boys knew that God is real, so I'm not bowing down to nothing false. Well, here, here, here's what the king says. If you don't bow, you get thrown in the fiery furnace. Either bow or burn up. It's, it's real simple. Bow or burn. Let's, let's, look at, let's, look at, let's examine what they said. They said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve, everybody shout, God is able. I want you to see this. The God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And watch this. Look, look at that faith. And he, somebody shout, he will. he will. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. This is their confession. They are standing in faith. You know what? King, do whatever it is that you got to do because I serve a strong, mighty, and a willing God. Not only is he able, but my faith says he ain't going to let it happen. What, what happens? Just, just, just a thought. I, I know you stand in faith. That ain't, ain't, ain't going to never happen. But, but, but what if it does? What is your confession then? Here is their confession. They, says, they say, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace that God we serve is able to deliver us from it and will deliver us. Verse 19 declares, but even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image. I'd rather burn than bow. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's go. Our, our next witness, Matthew 26, 39, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing the bitter cup that he's getting ready to drink, this hideous crucifixion he's getting ready to endure, and he prays a prayer. Matthew 26, 39, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, if you don't give me what I want, God, not as I will. Why is your faithfulness conditional? Why is your faithfulness conditioned on what God do for you? Some of you all, your social media account is affecting, affecting and impacting your relationship with the Lord because you're looking at what God's doing for everybody else. And your prayers, God, can, let me, can I say, okay, I'm, some of you all, your prayers are not even based on your purpose anymore. Your prayers are now based on what God's doing in somebody else's life. 
and it's messing with your spirit. And God didn't promise you everything exactly what he did for somebody else. So, so what do you do when you get in this situation? This is what we can learn from Moses. Moses made a mistake. Things didn't, they didn't work out for him. They, they didn't work out for him. Um, he struck the rock twice. What, what, what's, what's the real issue with that? Um, Old Testament is the shadow. Everybody shout shadow. Whereas New Testament Christ is the reality. There's a shadow that's casted on this stage. There's a, there's a shadow that's casted on this stage. Yeah. And the shadow, the shadow can only do what the reality does. Shadow can't move on its own. The reality is Christ would be crucified once. And from that moment on, it would only be by words of faith that other men are saved. He struck the rock once, and then he came back, and the shadow lied on the reality. New Testament tells us that that rock is Christ. Jesus didn't get crucified twice. Just once. Shadow lies on the reality, and God says, we're not going to have it. You're not going into that land. I'm going to let you see it. So here's the question. If I know God is not going to bless me how he intended. If I know the very thing that I really prayed for and really wanted him to do, he's no longer going to do that for me. Will I continue to serve him faithfully? Or will I choose to do my own thing? I'm preaching this message because there's some folk in here You've been in that dilemma, that situation, and God himself, this, this is what I feel in prayer. Heaven has paused to say, I'm going to give you time to catch up. And th th listen, listen, I'm, I'm telling y'all, this year, y'all going to see, y'all know how it is normally. We get to like November, December, we're like, man, thank, this year flew by. Watch this, this year, it's going to be fast. I ain't just talking about the time from January to December. I'm talking about the things that God is doing. It's going to be fast. So he's pausing before he goes on to the next thing to say, are you going to recommit? Or are you going to continue to complain and pout like the people you were leading because you didn't get exactly what you wanted when you wanted it? So Moses, what... what what was your decision? Because this was Numbers 20. We still have several chapters to go in uh, Numbers. We have several chapters to go in uh, Deuteronomy. So what, what was Moses' decision? I'm going to show you what his decision was. His decision is written on what was on his obituary. This was, was on his, his obituary, his tombstone. Moses, the servant of the Lord, died Moses, Moses, the servant of the Lord, died. Moses, the servant of the Lord, died. Read it how it really says it. And Moses served the Lord till he died. <laughs> and Moses served the Lord till he died. I didn't get what I wanted, but I'm not going to allow 
what I feel that I deserve to stop me from committing to God. So how does this really apply? It literally applies to every area of your life. It applies to the job that you are assigned to. It applies to the school God enrolled you in. It applies to the spouse that I gave you. It applies to the children that I've given you. And it's crazy because it's a bunch of... God, let it be conviction, not condemnation. Let it be Holy Ghost of God, conviction, not condemnation. Because there's a lot of guilt that's hanging over heads today because your faithfulness to your babies was dependent upon how they acted, not based on what God told you. Your commitment to your spouse was determined whether she was a good wife or not today. Your faithfulness on your job was dependent upon how fair you felt they treated you. Your commitment in the school God put you in was determined upon how the teacher treated you. And God says your favor was never supposed to rely on how folk act. It was only supposed to rely on what we had. And now, because they're acting a certain way, and because I chose to withhold certain things, not only are you acting funny with them, now you're acting funny with me. Say it plainly, Pastor. God says, stop it today. Stop it today. Stop your pouting. Stop your complaining. Stop your whining. Do you know what God told? God told Moses, don't talk to me about this again. Why? Because there's so much more that I have in store for you. And you, you focused on what I'm not giving you, but you don't see all the things I am giving you. All you see is a glass that's half empty, but do you see that it's actually been filling up and it's not half empty, it's actually half full, and if you will commit and continue, what's half full will be overflowing in just a moment. What a heavy message today. What a heavy message. Here's the question. Are you going to recommit for real this time? Are you going to recommit for real this time? Are, are you going to give God like you're everything? Like for real this time? Just, just hold the music because I, I don't even want the emotions right now. Because it's not about emotions, it's about a decision. And I got to be serious because, mother, I know there's something next. I don't know what's next. But the success of what next depends upon the choice of commitment now. And if you go into the next realm of this, this season, this year that we're going into, without the commitment that's necessary, I, I don't, I can't, I, I don't, I don't know. So, what, 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 did, what did Greg McGee have to do? What, what, what have I been doing for the past couple of weeks? Because I'm feeling like a Moses. I'm feeling this ambiguity. I'm, 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 I'm kind of fearful. I'm kind of afraid. 
for, for the first time in my life, real talk, for the first time in my life, um, God has asked me to do something I don't want to do. Like, like real talk. I'm, I'm not the guy, when I first got preach, called to preach, it was other folks that were saying, you know, I, the Lord had to, he had to, be, he had to drag me to preach. He, it wasn't no dragging, it wasn't no begging. I suffered with low self-esteem and rejection so long, when I found out that God wanted to use me, are you serious? I said yes from the jump. But here it is, God is challenging me to do something different that I'm not, but, but, but you, you, you want me to do it. I'll do it. And in the midst of the heartaches, and the challenges and the struggles are all around me. And so the first thing your pastor had to do, I had to make sure that I connected. I had to, watch this, I had to stop waiting on people to reach out to me and I started reaching out to them. You, you know what it's like when like, somebody close to you when they first die? The family, friends, they rush in for a week, but after the week is gone, they gone. Well, watch this, you still need the connection. And just because they might not be able to con- reach out to you, that shouldn't stop you from reaching out to. So I had to follow my own advice and I had to start reaching out. Call my counselor and say, I need to, I need to holler at you now. I, I, wrote out, I wrote out a prayer. I wrote out a long prayer about two weeks ago concerning some areas that's, that's really been just, just, just challenging me. And, and, and I, I sent it to my best friend and I said, look, this is, just, this is just how I'm feeling. I just need you to examine it. You read it. You can give me feedback or whatever. But this is how I'm, I, had to, I had to connect. And not only did I have to connect, God challenged me, you got to commit. You got to. You have to perfectly commit even in the midst of imperfect situations. And you got to commit with the attitude that, yes, it's for them, but it is about me. So I love my wife, it's for her, but it's about him. I, I love my babies, it's for, it's for them, but it's really about, it's about him. I love this church, it's for, it's for y'all, but it's really about him. I'm loving my community, I'm loving my, my, my opportunities outside. I'm, I'm loving, I'm, watch this, it's for, but it's about him. So at the end of the day, if any of these relationships go away, any of these relationships stress me, if any of these relationships challenge me, my, my commitment is unchallenged, because although it's for you, it ain't about none of you. I'm over time. So God says, commit today.